0: Welcome to Unbroken. I'm Alexandra Amore. I'm an author, a coach, and a lifelong explorer of what it means to be human. This is the podcast where my guests and I explore the inside-out nature of life and the positive effect this can have on every aspect of our lives, including letting go of unwanted habits. You'll find episode show notes, transcriptions, your complimentary video series, and lots more at unbrokenpodcast.com. And now, here's the show. Azula Leguizamon, welcome to Unbroken.
1: Thanks so much for having me. I'm so
0: happy to be with you here. Did I pronounce your last name correctly? Perfect. Yeah. Oh, nice. oh good, good. Okay. So, as we get started, why don't you just tell us a little bit about your background and how you got interested in the three principles?
1: My ba- my background is a mixed. Uh, I'm a former primary school teacher, but I'm also um, a former Reiki master teacher, meditation teacher. You know, Bach flower practitioner. All of that, you can name it, and I have been there. So that's the background. And I actually uh, found the principles when I was reading a book uh, as a teacher. It's a book called Positive Discipline. The title sounds kind of hard, you know, Positive Discipline, but it was really interesting because it was pointing children in the direction of really connecting to their well-being and how to behave and, like, circles of trust and a lot of wonderful things. And in between what the author was sharing, she says uh, everything changes for me after I found out about the three principles. And she mentioned George Bransky and I was like, what's that? Uh, so I started you know, like looking for information in the internet and I found so many webinars in the 3 YouTube channel. And then you get to like get in touch and start like joining some calls and then you're just there. And that was for me, amazing because I wasn't looking for anything uh, I think it was the first time I wasn't looking for something you know to grow it was really out of pure interest I was very happy in the, in the where where I was at that moment thinking that that was enough you know like you couldn't like really experience well-being all the time uh, so that's how I found the principles.
0: Mm-hmm. And, and so before that, you mentioned being a Reiki teacher and Bach flower remedies and other things. At, so when you were investigating those things and learning about them and teaching them and that kind of thing, were you sort of searching at that point?
1: Yes, absolutely. I was, um, I have been through a lot of different traumatic experiences and I I developed like a a deep connection with with people and and, and this, uh, I really wanted to help people, mm. really, really wanted. So I was looking for just tools, techniques and, and how, and I like, I was shifting from one thing to the next thing, to the next thing. and And everything was really working out, but I still felt something is missing here because my thinking, was like, okay, perfect. Backflower remedies, they work, Reiki, it works. But there's something that is missing because how come a human being needs to find something specific and find a practitioner in order to restore their well-being? I I don't believe God or the universe or like the divine intelligence that is like sustaining all life created that need like how come we can't be complete whole, and in well-being if we don't find the right technique for us it's like didn't make any sense uh, at all Mm -hmm. so I I was using all of that and like for example I was seeing in, in Reiki Okay, you, you teach this program and, and you support people learning the technique and, and it really like works. But when we look at children, like small children, three, four years old, when they fell, they, they quickly like put their hands there. You know, they know what to do. Mm. They're adding energy to that place. So they already know it. So they already got it. That's so they don't need a Reiki um, ceremony to open their energy channels. Everything is already there. I'm not diminishing at all the power of Reiki. I understand that we have been having a lot of thinking and conditioning and we need something extra when we are in that path to open up our our energy channels. But when you find the three principles and understand how everything works, everything gets easier and easier. These days, sometimes when I feel like offering a Reiki session, I still do it. But it's about pleasure and it's about sharing and it's about expanding the well-being it's not about needing that to happen in order that i heal mm-hmm. so that's a huge difference for me
0: yes yeah and it's it's such a simple thing and yet it's so profound that that idea that we are already whole you know already well and as opposed to for me too personally in the past learning other healing techniques um where you're coming from a place of you know i'm broken and i need to use this method or whatever it is to fix the brokenness about me yeah yeah very different yeah.
1: absolutely like one different world because even if you go to have the sessions like myself as a patient or myself as a the teacher like This there's an unbalanced relationship because if you come to me because you think I am able to fix you, Mm. then I have certain power over you, which is not true at all. But when you come to have a Reiki session because you enjoy it and you know that you really don't need it, but you would love to have the experience, then that's a different journey and you can see more. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Oh, that's such a good point. Yeah. I love hearing that. Um. You mentioned that you had had some trauma in your past, so, and you recently gave a talk uh, for the three PGC about letting go of trauma. Could you share a little bit
1: about that with us? Yeah. Yes. Of course. Um, I I was raised in um in a family that used to have a lot of like violence and there was some addictions going on. So since I was, I don't know. I think five years old, I had a clear idea of, okay, this is hell. <laughs> I need to grow up and just move out as soon as I can. Um, So I have been through a lot of like psychological abuse, physical abuse, lot of different experiences. And it was really uh, difficult because uh, I left my home when I was 18 years old and you're not really, you know, an adult, so you just start uh, doing the things you learn, like having like toxic relationships and and finding yourself, you know, and in in the world and getting a job and keeping the job and like paying your bills and blah 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 blah. And I would say that you know there I, there was a lot of suffering in my early years, and there was a lot of suffering that I kind of created for myself unknowingly, innocently. Um, and I have also I'm located in Argentina in Argentina we all go to therapy for some reason like in Buenos Aires at least and and I have had like a lot of therapy uh, psychoanalysis, gestal, like whatever since 18 to I don't know many 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 years with different people all of that was helpful um, helpful if the Result, the expected result was that I was able to fit in society and and like function, you know, like, okay, I'm broken, but I can function in different ways. So I'm not having more issues. Um, and every time, like my mind was fluctuating between, okay, I'm not enough. If I was a better daughter, a better human being, then maybe they would have behaved differently. Or they are terrible parents, you know, they are the ones to blame, and I'm just a poor innocent thing. None of those positions was healthy or really complete. Um, When I found the principles, not exactly when I found it, when I found it, I started like exploring, listening, trying to understand, you know how it is at the beginning, you hear, you kind of not really understand, but something inside of you tells you, yeah, it's it's this. And then um, I had an experience with with my daughter. Um, It was challenging for me to become a mom because I had a lot of thinking about what if, I don't know, something in my mind goes crazy and I start acting crazy and I'm like, oof. Um, But with the help of the therapist that I had at the time, helped me to see that 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 was just a fantasy that I was able to like be a mom but when Amber my daughter was around two years something like that uh, one day she misbehaved I don't remember exactly what she did but I got really angry you know I got really angry so I, I like I started saying to her hey you shouldn't do this this and that and I had to stop myself because I could see how after each word there was a, a terrible word after that. You know, it was like a, a road of violence, not physical violence, but like everything I heard just came there. And I was going to just unload it on her. And I stopped at myself. But I saw, it was like seeing a dark tunnel like taking me or calling me. And I just saw that and drop it. And then a few days after that, uh, she created a mess. This one I remember, a mess in the bathroom. Like she used some towels and black, some parts of the bathroom And she opened, you know, the the running water. And then she came and said, Mommy, there's water everywhere. And I saw the bathroom was completely flooded and and water was like everywhere. And I was in a very good mood at the moment. And I was like, okay, honey, don't worry. Like you shouldn't do that, but let's clean everything up. and we were laughing, and she was looking at me like this was like to be in trouble. I'm like, why are you, why are you angry at me? But she didn't say a thing. And and then a few hours after that, during the night, I suddenly like saw. You know, I had I think that was my first deep insight. I just saw that the experience I had the first time she. I got angry at her, it was like seeing a train of thought that was just waiting for me and where that train was going to take me. And I decided not to jump in. But I saw, oh my God, this is what's happening with my family, you know? My my mother has been very cocked up in, in her thinking in this certain train of thought that is really not healthy. She doesn't have a clue, she's cocked up in this train of thought. She's not open to see a little bit more, she can't help it. And I know that sounds very obvious, but for me, it was the first time I saw, oh, wait, so all the experiences I had, eh, they are not related to my value as a human being, like any other child in, in my circumstances would have been through the same experiences it, it wasn't never about me mm-hmm. and it's not about her mm-hmm. her true nature is is love as as we all are but she's very cocked up in her thinking she couldn't do anything better with the thinking that she had at that moment in that as easy as it sounds like that changed should Everything, I didn't knew, know it at that moment. I, I I didn't have any idea of how that will unfold. But then suddenly I saw myself, oh, I'm, I'm complete, I'm not broken.
0: Mm.
1: I have never been broken. Mm. I was like believing the fantasy of the damaged child, you know, and, and the truth was that I was whole, I was complete, I was able to be a mom. I didn't need to be in fear of what kind of reaction can I have and it wasn't about me and and knowing that, really knowing that you're not the one to blame for a traumatic experience and that the other person is not the one to blame either. Just leaving blame out of the equation changes everything, mm-hmm. everything. And it's always available. And, you know, like recently when I offered that uh, webinar for the triple somebody, I think he, he, his name is Neo. I mean, his user is Neo, but somebody commented on YouTube uh, saying something that they heard something that never heard before. So I asked him, what, what did you hear? Because I always love that. Mm -hmm. And he expresses this same thing in such a beautiful way. He said that he just realized it now that he has been trying to fix like a cup of tea that that he broke in a dream. Mm. And he was spending like his awake hours trying to fix something that was broken in a dream. I think it's the coolest thing I have ever heard. It's so brilliant. It's, it's really like I see more and more than, than having insights. It's just waking up from, from daydreaming, a daydreaming that it's great suffering and confusion. And so it's more about being awake. Mm-hmm. And, and sometimes, you know, sometimes I get distracted and I, I get caught in my thinking like we all are, we're human beings. But knowing that it's just one thought away, going back to who we really are, it's it's the ultimate freedom from my perspective.
0: Yeah. Wow, so powerful. Thank you for sharing that. It brought tears to my eyes when you said uh, that the the comment from the fellow about the teacup. That's really so beautiful. Yeah, just lovely. And this may be an unfair question, but has this awareness has it impacted your relationship with your family?
1: Yes, I know. Mm. In this sense, um, with my with my mother, with my biological family, uh, I, I'm like I don't have a relationship currently mm-hmm. uh, because they are still engaged in. Behaviors that are really unhealthy. Mm -hmm. Um, What shifted was that with them was that now I'm able to feel loads and loads of love towards them. Mm -hmm. There is no resentment. There is no pain. Mm -hmm. Um, So although the circumstances didn't change in this life or in planet Earth, let's say but just to to show you something like in the past I couldn't see any picture of from my mother like I couldn't because as soon as I saw a picture from her I will like get, you know like sad or or angry or whatever and after that experience one day I was like putting things in order at home and, and I suddenly I saw one picture of her and and I hear myself saying oh my god she's so beautiful and and I was able to see that and and to feel all this love coming to her, Mm -hmm. if at any moment um, they approach me from a place of um, wanting to have a healthy connection, I am 100% open. Mm -hmm. But I also learned that boundaries sometimes are needed. Because that's a common uh, misunderstanding in in this community, you know, Mm -hmm. because you experience life through your thinking, right? So the story I tell myself about something that happened is the way I'm going to experience it, which is true. So I can have somebody um, abusing me and I can create extra suffering about that. Mm -hmm. Or... I can address the situation, establish boundaries, and stop creating more suffering for me, and stopping the accusations towards them. Mm-hmm. Now, what shifted a lot was is the relationship with my family, with my daughter, with my husband, mm-hmm. because in in the past it was like I was present, but half present because there was still like a grey cloud, like. For me, my story, this and that. And now it's like I'm fully myself with them. So we have a deeper, richer connection where there is no fear involved. Mm. Um, there is no neediness also. You know, you can be needy towards a daughter also. Like you can be extremely attached to your daughter because that's the family that you have and you don't have it. And now uh, I feel like we are, uh, she's my greatest teacher in any case, <laughs> but it's it's really having a chance of enjoying the experience and and feeling like I'm full, I'm complete. And I want to share all of my work with you, you know, like with my husband, with my daughter. It's not that I need them to complete me, mm-hmm. which, which I felt before, you know, I felt complete because I have them in my life. Mm-hmm. And now like I'm, I can just share the love that I feel. I'll receive the love, also. That mm-hmm. changes. Yeah. Oh, that's
0: so nice. And what a nice sh- uh, shift, sort of generationally, that you're not carrying on, passing on the trauma now um, to your daughter. Which, when we're when we're not, you know, when we're not aware that we're caught up in our thinking, we can so innocently do. Yeah,
1: yeah, and sometimes we try to not do that doing the opposite mm. and then we create <laughs> terrible experiences too but in the opposite side. So this is like moment by moment. What shifted uh, in a big, big, big way uh, after that insight is the way I show up into the world. Like before seeing that about myself and about my family, about I would never have the courage of being with you today in a podcast mm. in a recording like was that, that was really far from my life mm. i was living a life where i was working as a school teacher happy and that was it you know like there was no further because i felt like 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 there was no place for me in the world you know like i haven't been loved or wanted as a child and and I felt like, you know, I'm just here by mistake. At some point, somebody will find out that I'm alive. You know, there was somebody. <laughs> it was that kind of thinking. So I was just, instead of um, having desires and creating stuff, I was just accepting what was coming to me, you know, like, that was it. There was a big line that I couldn't cross. Mm. Um, and that shifted, it didn't, shift like from one day to the next day it was gradually gradually Mm -hmm. and I was able to show up and be myself and and support people because that's what I love supporting people Mm -hmm. yeah yeah
0: and so uh, do you work with people who have experienced
1: trauma yeah yeah Yeah. I have a one-on-one clients that but they have different range of traumatic experiences but also with teenagers mm. and and some clients that they have that they are teenagers it's kind of different because the traumatic experience experiences are still happening mm. it's not like a grown-up that just created a new life it's just she's still there in the same place like sometimes I'm, I'm hired by grandmothers you know by aunts Mm-hmm. and and I kind of have to work with the whole family so yeah yeah that that's one reason why I'm thankful for my experiences because I get it mm-hmm. the way it could feel yeah mm-hmm. yeah
0: and I'm curious when someone isn't aware of the principles like if they haven't had any kind of introduction to it um how do you introduce that to them when they're when they're talking about trauma, because it could come across like your trauma doesn't matter, you know, because it's mm-hmm. in your thinking. So how do you address
1: that? I had the experience of sharing my story with, with certain coaches or teachers and and hearing that, it's just your thinking. Mm-hmm. Oh, And that feels terrible, because mm-hmm. it's like, Really, uh, it's true that we create our experiences with our thinking, but the human experience is true too. Mm -hmm. Uh, So I'm a strong believer in deep listening. And when I'm with a client, first I listen. Mm -hmm. I need to understand the world through their eyes. Mm -hmm. And while I'm listening, And when I'm not distracted, when I'm not paying too much attention to every word, when I'm leaving my thinking to the side, when I'm creating a connection heart to heart, what usually happens is that, I mean, usually all the time, is that the other person relaxes, you know, and start reconnecting with their own wisdom and they start having insights and when they see something, then I point them in the direction of seeing more about that and trying to understand how we really work. It's not that I have a client and I have, okay, my question isn't thought blah, 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 blah. No, I just start where they are uh, because I'm not teaching something that they don't know. I'm just reminding them something that they know. Mm-hmm. Um, with one particular client, uh, she uh, she's 15 years old. She has gone through very traumatic experiences and she uh, tried to commit suicide. And after that, I, I was hired. So she was sharing many challenging experiences and I was listening and connected and pointing her in that direction. And one day... She said, you know what? I noticed that I, I kind of keep myself depressed. Like, okay, tell me more. And she was like, yeah, because, you know, I'm at school. And then a thought shows up about what's happening at home. And instantly I just drop my attention up from the class. And I just start thinking about that. And then I play some sad music. And then I wrap home and watch some sad movies. And that doesn't help. Like, Mm. I have a very hard time. I should stop doing that. Mm. So from that, we started having like a full conversation about, so what are you seeing? You're creating the experience, like things are happening. But for me, it's more a a thing. Being a coach is more like being a witness of how the other person reconnects with their own wisdom. Mm. I heard Mark Howard recently saying something so clear. He like was offering a class for a, a coaching training and he was asking all of us to remember that when we're having a conversation with the client, we are sharing what mind wants us to share, like what wisdom wants us to share, God, the universe. But the client is also sharing from mind, from wisdom it's an equal relationship. Mm -hmm. So my client will guide me to what they need. Mm
0: -hmm. I will
1: learn lots from my clients. And Mm -hmm. we will like look in that direction together. It's just that. Yeah. Yeah, as you
0: said, what an empowering way to work with people. There's no power dynamic in play uh, when you approach it like that. Oh, that's lovely, yeah.
1: And, and sometimes happens that certain clients, and I, I was doing the same in the past, like, oh, my teacher, my coach, they know lots, you know, like, well, um, that doesn't really help because if I encourage that, then the other person thinks, oh, it's a soul, you know, it's what she says. No, it's you. Like, my my work is that you don't need me mm-hmm. as, as soon as you can, you know, so you can, like, keep, <laughs> or, or we can work together to create stuff but not because you need me. Yeah. Yeah. In my conversations with Mavis, many, many times, with Mavis Karen, she's my mentor, I would say, oh oh my God, Mavis, I I didn't saw that, this and this and that, and she was always pointing back, like, it's you, what you're seeing, it's your true nature, it's nothing about me. Mm -hmm. And I was like, yeah, yeah, but, and then (laughs) I started seeing that connection, you know, with my own wisdom. And, of course it's extremely helpful that somebody else points you in that direction because we all get caught up mm-hmm. and and if we can do it together why wouldn't we do it together like we don't need to do it alone mm-hmm. yes yeah exactly
0: and and so speaking of wisdom um you had a post on facebook recently well actually no about a year ago um that what that was about leveling up uh the volume of wisdom could you share a little bit about that for us
1: Yes, um, you know, the way I see it now uh, is that mm. instead of leveling up, the, le- the volume of wisdom is more about what we stop doing. Mm. Um, it's more about, like, wisdom is always there, letting us know stuff. Small stuff, you're cold, get a jacket, you know, you're hungry, get food. This way, not that way. But where our attention goes defines everything. So if I have a lot in my mind and I allow my attention to go there, then I'm not really paying attention to what wisdom is sharing with me. Mm -hmm. So as soon as I stop paying attention to my thinking, then it feels like wisdom has leveled up, like it sounds more clear. Mm. it's just that Uh, I think Michael Neal shared one day one metaphor that I really loved about what happens when you go into, um, let's say, a bar and there's a TV and you are there with some friend that really needs a conversation. And like, like, oh, it's true, like your attention can go to the TV, but very easily you just forget that the TV is there and you focus on your friend right? Mm -hmm. So it's the same thing, like my mind will try to distract me with a lot of stuff Mm -hmm. and I can go there and I can stay here Mm -hmm. and and the way I can know what I'm doing is the way I feel do I feel calm with clarity or do I feel something else Mm -hmm. and how do I want to feel and then I go back to who I really am it's like daydreaming or being awake Mm. same thing Mm -hmm. yeah
0: yeah I love I talk about it often that feedback system that we have built into us automatically and this is something I learned from Mavis that how we feel is always telling us the the state of our thinking in that moment or what we're paying attention to yeah and it's so um natural and built in and there's nothing we need to do to make it happen. It's just always there letting us know.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah, for me that was really impactful like mm-hmm. knowing that um, I can't get lost in my thinking, but I will know that because the feeling is going to be not really nice at all. So the feeling is letting me know this is what you're doing with your thinking. Uh, follow me and I'll take you home. And just by letting me know this is what you're doing with your thinking, that's more than enough. Mm-hmm. But other times, you know, you can be very cocked up, and the feeling is strong. But if you just follow that sensation in your body and your back, because it's it it's so easy that it was really it was challenging for me to really understand it because it was so easy that I, I all the time I thought, no, I can't be so easy. Like it should be more. I don't <laughs> know. I maybe I need a couple of years, you know, to get it or or deepening my grounding, you know, and it's just a way of living, really. Mm-hmm.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Yes. Yeah.
0: So great. Um, I guess we're kind of coming to the end of our time together. I wanted to ask you if there's anything that we haven't touched on that you'd like to share today.
1: I can share about what I'm seeing more these days and I'm seeing more, um, about how important it is to include ourselves in our kindness. Mm -hmm. We are offering a a program with Mavis now about that. And it's so interesting, you know, every time a program is created it's because we have been seeing something about that. Mm. And I have a master degree on being unkind to myself and being very kind with everybody. and I started seeing that it's not that I have to learn to be loving with myself. It's just that we have certain habits of thinking. So something happens, and the habit is, oh my God, you're the problem. You know, they won't like you, or you're, you're going to screw it up. And I could easily go there because it's a habit. But when I noticed that and I stopped it, like doing that, engaging that old behavior. Then it was a wonderful experience of realizing, oh my God, like all this kindness to myself, it was always present. I can just allow it to be. Mm. I can unlearn, like I can really close the gap between how would I treat other and how I treat myself. So I can really unlearn these old habits just by noticing. There's no effort. It's just noticing what you do.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: And I think that's a huge part of being who we really are. There are no babies. There are no small children that are unkind to themselves. Nobody has that experience because it's built in us. hmm and that's like connected with our sense of self-esteem our sense of well-being our creativity in the world like it's I, I'm feeling these days so like it's kind of the root for everything when we start with ourselves mm-hmm. yeah such a good point
0: yeah I love that you said that about babies and children they you know they they have to learn how to be unkind to themselves and to others Mm -hmm. as well. But so then if we have to learn it, we can unlearn it as well.
1: Yeah. And, and that's something that in, in this inside out community, we innocently, um, I think we all have the experience of, "Ah, I get caught up again. Oh my God. You know, I'm a terrible mess. I will never learn. Or when my grounding is deep enough, then at that moment I will be, and then we stop at like fixing our outside circumstances, and now we're trying to like fix our grounding or like. And the truth is that you wouldn't say that to a friend. Oh my God, you get caught up in your thinking again. Oh you're terrible. You will never learn. <laughs> or when you're grounding, you will never treat somebody like that at all. You would be yeah. loving. It would be kind. So the invitation for for everybody that is listening to this episode is to explore that possibility, like to notice how you're treating yourself Mm -hmm. and decide to like just drop that habit and it will show up again and again and again and again. But the more you stop doing that to yourself, the less it starts appearing and you start feeling more confidence and more... You get more comfortable with being who you really are in any situation, in, instead of trying to fit in, and and mm-hmm. and that releases a huge amount of energy, because mm-hmm. we really waste a lot of try, a lot of energy trying to be somebody lovable, mm-hmm. or somebody that doesn't screw it up, or somebody that really got the principles, you know, okay. like yeah. that attitude. So we can really drop it.
0: Yes. Yeah. Lovely. Well, Azul, this has been amazing. Why don't you let our listeners know where they can find out more about you and your work?
1: Uh, you can find me in Coaching Journey with Azul.com uh, or also on Facebook as Azul Lady Simon. Okay. This has been a pleasure, Alexandra. Thanks so much for having me here. Oh, you're so
0: welcome. So it's Coaching Journey with Azul.com. And Mm -hmm. uh, I'll put a link in the show notes to that uh, so people can find you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you you so much for being here. Thank you for listening. I hope you found the show helpful and uplifting. You'll find all the backlist episodes and show notes at unbrokenpodcast.com. If you'd like to connect, go to alexandraamore.com forward slash connect.